Hello and welcome to Boag World. Oh no, that's the wrong podcast. Um, uh, okay, uh, let's try again. Hello and welcome to One Footer in the Grave, the podcast about absolutely nothing by a group of old codgers that really should have more important things to do with their lives, but we don't. So here we are again today. Let's introduce the group. My name is Paul Boag. Joining me, as always, as I always used to say on Boag World, is Marcus. Um, hello, Marcus. Hello, Paul. It's been but a while. We obviously has. do have better things to do because it's taken us about five months to record episode five. Mm. Five. I think this is the fifth one, isn't it? Yes. I, I've, I've long since stopped caring. But there you go. Um, we're we're well all as- so important. We, take, we can't find the time to get together. And Andy goes on holiday for 14 months of the year. Talking you know. of which, here is Andy Clark. Hello, Andy. Hello. I don't go on holiday for 14 weeks of the year. I went on holiday for three weeks. I managed to escape from Brexit Island, um, which was very nice. So I uh, discovered my, rediscovered my love of uh, French cheese, Ooh. which was uh, a very nice thing to do. And then talking of cheese, we obviously have to transition <laughs> then, even though... I, a man made of yeah, cheese. a man made of cheese, John Hicks. Hello, John. Hello. That was you sounded like a mouse at that point, so that seemed very appropriate with the cheese comment. Hello. Sorry. That's better. Much better. It has taken us a extraordinary amount of time and coordination effort to record this next episode. Or this episode in fact. I actually written a little intro in my notepad. And it was going to start with me shouting, Oh, Lordy Jesus! We've managed to actually find a date we can all do. Because it well, has taken quite a bit of effort. It has taken a little bit of effort, but we've all been busy. I mean, we've all busy been on doing holiday. things. I've been, I've <laughs> been, you know, um, doing French things. I've been, you know, eating baguettes and weeing up the side of a building and, and all the things that obviously, mm. you know, French people, French people do. Marcus, you cannot lecture Andy about being on holiday. You've literally just come back from <laughs> Corfu. I, where I go, how, you know, how do you know this, Paul? I, I, do you know how I know this? I know how this. How do you know this, Paul? Because my parents texted me, telling me because <laughs> they ran into you in a bar in Corfu. It was very weird. I, I freaked them out. <laughs> I freaked them out completely. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, sat, I was sat at the bar with Michelle and just having a drink. It was our last day, and these two people came around the corner, and I was clocked tall guy, and I thought. Immediately, I immediately I knew it was him. There was no. And how many times have I met your dad? Probably, Probably half, once. half a dozen times. I reckon. Yeah. He used to come to the barn, didn't you? Oh yeah. Anyway, he did occasionally. So I said, "It's Marcus from Headscape." And then there, suddenly it was like, "Oh!" But what amazes me, right? Well, I've got a bone to pick with you, but I'll come to that in a minute. But what okay. amazes me is that you remembered the name of my parents. Mm. I mean, that's. Stalker. You know, I barely remember the name of your kids, let alone your parents. You know, that that impressed me that you, you could remember that kind of thing. You're obviously a better person than me, Marcus. Well, I was about, I was about to use those exact words. But I, on the I flip, am a better person than you are, Paul. But on go. the flip side of that, <laughs> you then said the way you recognised my dad was because I looked like him. So I look like an 80-year-old man is what you're basically saying. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what it is. Because I wouldn't have said that particularly 
up until you recently had some, um, and we had a little bit of a laugh about this with your parents. Uh, you, oh, uh, yes. You've been out having model pictures taken of yourself. No, see, now that's unfair. <laughs> that is unfair. I needed a headshot and I hate having my photograph taken. So I thought I'll get it done properly and get it out yeah. of the way. Okay, yeah, whatever you say, Paul. They photoshopped the shit out of me. But and and I saw point. that picture and just thought, your dad. It's obviously something that... It's obviously something that is... Something that's, I don't know, common in the Boag oh, family. Because you, you, you get recognised. I will always remember, Paul, <laughs> being on a London tube with you. And some random oh, yes. nerd said... <laughs> Excuse me, but are you Paul Boag? I recognise your voice from the podcast. Do you know, that was As, that was a huge it, moment for me because, you know, at that stage, I, I think I'd only just met... I hadn't met you two for that long, right? And there was, you know, Andy Clark that had wrote, written, you know, this, this seminal book on CSS and John Hicks that, that designed the Firefox logo. I mean, these were big figures in the industry and I'm, I'm the one that was fucking recognised. And it was like, yes! <laughs> I resent the use of, your use of the word were there. Yeah, oh... I mean, we're all, I mean, we're all nobodies now, all aren't we? All hanging off the stuff that we did then. What, you? You're hanging off of stuff, that, uh, hanging off of stuff from when you're 19. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a much bigger person than I was back then. I need to do something about that. Now that we've come back from holiday and, yes. um, and I actually had to buy, um, I, I bought a shirt the other day that was an extra large. And I don't think that. I can let that go. So I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be getting back on the old fitness train. On the upside, um, Andy, I have to say, after I found that picture of you when we first met, you you look better than you did back then. I'm not sure that was that a was good a look. terrible. That was a like a tramp, look. didn't it? That was it. It was a <laughs> it was a it was a terrible look. Um, and do you know one of the things that I've I don't know whether it's we're going off on a tangent here, but. Um, you're not the only person to be been digging up old photos. My brother has been digging up old photos. I think my mother gave him a box of, of old photos when they moved. Mm. And he was actually posting pictures of us as kids. And uh, do you ever do you, do you ever look back at those you know those old pictures and think that can't be me? Mm. That was I mean not just, you know, not just because some of us no longer have hair, but you know you just you just think I, I just look at, and I do not recognise that person. And I don't recognise that person that was in the photo that you posted, Paul, mm. and I don't recognise the person that was, you know, nine years old with my little kid brother. It's, it's, it's a very strange thing. Maybe it's a symptom of, you know, reaching a certain level of maturity. It's all part of regeneration. You lose your memories a little bit, don't you, each time? I do think mine that generally that I think I've improved with the age. When I look back at old photos of me, I, I, you know, I made some bad fashion choices over my life. 
and some bad i mean you know i had a uh, the beard I had for a while. I mean, what was I thinking? That was that was terrible. <laughs> I don't remember the beard. Oh, do you not remember? Was there beard? was a beard. No. Yeah, that it did. Yeah, God. it was not good. It was not a healthy. Can't imagine. No. I've never seen the. beard. Yeah, you have. You have. I had it back in the the what was it? The early two thousands. I had. Uh, so no, that was a bit. Yeah, about two thousand and ten, mid two thousands. I I did have a beard. You definitely saw it. But we'll leave it at that. Mm. I'm glad that you can't remember it, to be quite honest. So how has everybody's summers been? It's been a while. Has everybody had a good summer? Did we all do anything exciting, apart from come to Wales, obviously? But the weather's been a bit rubbish this year, I have to say. Anybody else think that? Well, I was, yeah. I was in Croatia. It's lovely weather there. Well, well, even you say I've been to Corfu. It, that, that was some of the stormiest weather they've ever had out there. It was, it, you know, it was actually it was it was so stormy and so epic. It was actually quite cool. You could sit on your balcony and watch the lightning, and then the sheets mm. of rain coming across. But then it, it, you know, it was only about fifty percent of the time. But yes, I was expecting to be laying on a sunbed for ten days, and I probably got four or five max. Oh, that sucks. Mm. How did you find the travelling? How did you find the Getting in and out of Brexit Island, and you know, having your COVID stamp and tattoo and whatever. Easy peasy, no yeah, problem at all. No problem. Um, I, was, but, I was nervous about it, but it was absolutely fine when we when we did it. Although I did have a moment. I think that I'm going to make you all feel a bit sick. Okay, um, <laughs> you have to um, fill in passenger locator forms for going into Greece and coming back to the UK. You can do it on your phone. Save it in your wallet on your iPhone. Um, got to the airport coming home, uh, walked up to the, you know, the, the sort of little kiosk where you hand your suitcases in and they, you give them their passport and they check you in and give you a boarding pass. Uh, and, and we need to see your, your, your English locator forms patted my back pocket. Oh, my phone's not in there. Oh, 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 oh. and I just suddenly realized that I'd left it in the loo in the bedroom. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. you, that, that's how I felt at the point like oh my god uh, anyway long story short they, they, the lovely hotel people taxied it over to oh, me wow. and, and the best, best part of it was guy pitched up the taxi Greek tra- taxi driver pitched up uh, I'm waving him down uh, here they told me which number it was and he went on the window down to hand me the phone I said what do I owe you mate one million pounds <laughs> <laughs> He knew, yeah, he knew what a good position nice. you were in. Yeah. yeah. Which did make me laugh, and at which point everything was fine. Uh, but yes, that was a bit of a moment. But no, but going into Greece, if as long as you've been double vaccinated, you don't have to do any tests or anything. You have to do a test, PCR test when you get home, which is just the same as doing a lateral flow test, but you put it in, in the post and send it off. I was going to say, in France... We had to complete a, you know, an honour document to say that, you know, we weren't ill. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to have the vaccination status. And then we had the uh, the QR code thing. We had to download the French yeah. COVID app and have the little QR code. I imagine that was the same in in other proper European Just countries. use your NHS one. That's um, all I had to do. So, but I, I didn't find that a problem. I mean, in France, they're relatively strict. You don't have to show it when you walk into a supermarket, but if you want to go into a restaurant or a bar or any area where, you know, there's not more than just a few people, you had to show your, oh, right. you know, your 
pass sanitaire. And uh, I didn't mind that at all. I mean, there's been this whole thing on the news here about, you know, government don't want COVID passports. But actually, I didn't mind. And I, you, you could feel more comfortable knowing that everybody... But it's an infringement of your civil rights, Andy. It's, it's, it's your, you know, liberty lost. Obviously, I don't think, I don't think? think that at all. No, of course it, I don't. But that's the, that's the yeah. argument. Well, it's, like, it's not just that. I mean, there are, there are other factors involved in it as well. Like, you know, not everybody has a mobile phone with them. Not, you know, sometimes there's costs associated with it, which people can't afford and that kind of thing. It's not. It's, it's, it's mad anti-vaxxers um, basically complaining that they're going to be forced to be vaccinated if they want to go anywhere. I'm saying stuff out loud, aren't I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but carry on. That I don't good. care on that one at all. I think it's no. nuts. Absolutely Talking nuts. of saying so, things out loud, sorry. John, carry John, on. That's talk. twice you've been talked over. Go on, you, you, you do your thing. Do, no, because the pressure for this thing to sound really interesting and fun to listen to is, is going to be too much. It's, it's not going to live up to the expectations. Well, I mean, my, mine, was, mine was going to be hilarious. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so you better carry oh, on. shit. Now I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to I went to go and see um talking of things that you shouldn't say. Um I went to go and see Jeff Norcott. Have you ever come across this guy? Nope. So he's um no. I, I watched something called The Match Report, which is um nope. Nish Kumar oh, does. Yeah. And every yeah, now yeah. and again mm. they have a token conservative guy on. Um who is is a guy called Jeff Norcott and he's a comedian, but he, he you know, he's supposedly I mean whether he is or not, I don't know, but he's supposedly a you know, Brexit <laughs> supporter and uh, uh, and you know, has more right wing views. And I went to watch him live because he was just down the road from me and I figured why not? And it was cheap tickets. Really funny evening, really, really enjoyed the guy. And it's made me remember how much I love live stand up comedy. I need to do it more because it's just yeah. And I, I think there's something, you know, because we all do a little bit of public speaking from time to time. And when you see a real pro do stuff like that, it just blows you, blows me away. You know, their, their talent, their ability to hold an audience and all that kind of stuff. It's just incredible. Really impressive. Who's your favourite stand up comedian then, guys? Oh, that's a difficult uh, question. Greg Davis. Yeah, he's funny. Craig Davis. Oh, not that. No, I think you're Craig David. <laughs> no, not him. Craig Davis, but the extremely tall fella. Yeah, the uh, magnificent saw, beast, no, as he likes I, to call himself. I saw him. Uh, oh, Greg Davis. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah Taskmaster yeah. guy. Oh, th- sorry, I thought you said Craig. Sorry, I'm I'm on that kind of. Hey, hey, yeah, what's I'm, going on? I'm, I'm on that problem with my ears at the moment. Sorry about that. Yeah, great. Okay, I'm back on track. Greg Davis. Yeah, he's absolutely. the most I've ever laughed. Very nice at a gig. Let's put it that way. I I, I was yeah. nearly sick. <laughs> That's what you want. That's what you want from a good night out, isn't it? <laughs> I Vomit. I still think that I still think that Billy Connolly has got to reign supreme. He, right. Yeah, he he is was wonderful. He he was, and then he kind of made a bit of a a faux pas. Well, not a faux pas. I think he kind of crossed the line. Oh, did he? When was this? When was this? About ten, fifteen years ago, there was um, there was a British man that had been um, captured by um, Taliban. I think it was, but he was about to be beheaded, and he made some quip at a, a gig about, "Oh, don't you just wish that they get on with it?" And it was. 
and it was that moment that like everyone in the audience suddenly went oh uh-huh. <laughs> no, no we we were with you up until that joke uh-huh. and then suddenly it was like what <laughs> and but it's, it's difficult now because obviously he's got parkinson's and um you know i think he's you know he's Sort of this that Parkinson's is that a problem that it eats away at the person, and, yeah, yeah, you know, it become le- less of that person. So, I think this is just a like a not fair to judge him on a, a, a thing that happened, say, you know, an isolated incident 10 15 years ago, but yeah, I think it always stuck in my head that it's like, hmm, I think that's I, I, John, know. I think that's what you're supposed to do these days judge someone on an isolated incident that happened 10 years ago, yeah, like a one off <laughs> tweet or something like that. That's it's how things Paul, are done Paul these is days, regularly, isn't it? all the time. Um, yeah, I am. <laughs> Although it's not a ben one-off Elton incident, then, is it, Marcus? <laughs> it's regular. Oh, <laughs> There's been something else which has happened to two of us um, over the summer, which we didn't mention. Mm. Not not Marcus. New and I, fathers, because, you know. <laughs> You're not. Oh, could you imagine going through that? No. Yes. Oh, I couldn't imagine anything worse. <laughs> Mark, Marcus, you're you're not expecting again. No, are you? no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Comedy Stop. value only. <laughs> oh, Christ on a bike! I was uh, I was going to head up to the loft there. There's nothing um, comedy about that, in my opinion, Marcus. It's my worst fear. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. As you were. Yes, but t- t- two of us have now got very quiet houses. Mm. Mm. Which is something that's been happening over the summer. So, oh, well, uh, kind of related. Paul, John, how are you? Uh, how have you been coping? Has it been oh. like very quiet at home? It's so uh, unbelievably quiet because it's apart from both children now being <coughs> in university. Um, Oliver dog died back in March, so it is literally just Lee and I. And there's there's two sides to it. So on one side. You know, it's, it's quite heartbreaking when they may move away, especially when they move away and they do really well. Um, you know, there's what no you want them to do? Shit! <laughs> <laughs> you want them to miss home so much that they, you know, they are, you know, we, we're going to stick out and do this, but we regret going. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're never going to leave the family home again. Um, but actually, what they're doing at the moment is actually enjoying it, having a great time, thriving. Um, bastards and it's yeah it that's that's sort of that's sort of hard to come to terms with that sudden quiet house after 18 years no 21 years you know it's a long time but at the same time we now have the the ultimate flexibility to like this weekend we said let's go to glasgow for the weekend Mm. then we are and it's i mean apart from the sort of the practical aspects of it no it's quite it's quite hard. Yeah, it's 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 a hard it's a hard one to get used to. You can get quite emotional about it. What about everyone else? I mean, is it? Are you quite enjoying the, the empty house or the? I'm feeling put on the spot now because because I, I you want to say something truth or, kind of narky? Truth or, or lie? Yeah, great to see. Do you want the, you want <laughs> the, the truth the... or do you want the lie at this oh, point? Oh come on, Paul! It's brilliant getting rid of them. <laughs> do you know it, the honest reaction is it is a bit of a blessed relief. For partly the reason John just said that that she's gone up there and she is loving it, you know, and and 
that is if she'd gone up there and it had been a nightmare and she was really struggling then the pressure would still be on and you'd feel like you need to support her but the fact that she's up there loving every minute of it and he almost doesn't want to talk to us, you know. Um, and she's already saying, I probably won't come back for all of Christmas. And it's like, oh, OK. You know. um, which, you know, yeah, on one hand, that that's kind of, oh, oh, dear. But on the other hand, it's like, yay. We, I feel like we've got her over the line. It's like, especially with us, that the last couple of years has been quite stressful. She's, you know, had so much going on. Mm. It's been really difficult to, to see her happy and settled and enjoying it. And it feels like, oh, thank you. Would you We've would you want it. to go back and live with your mum and dad? I mean, my dad's long gone. Um, but you know, the thought no, of going of back and not. living with your parents is, is horrendous. So, ah, Andy, just... how's that going with Alex? <laughs> well, this is the thing, yes, because um, you know, poor old Alex lost his uh, lost his teaching job at the beginning of the pandemic, and has got himself another job which happens to be in China and can't get there. So he's been back living with us for the last year which is really really quite interesting um because the person that left isn't the person that came back yeah. mm. you know there's there's now um you know an almost 30 year old bloke living in my house mm. yeah um, too many alpha males there too, obviously <laughs> and it's but it but it's interesting and you know one of the one of the great things and this is this i think is 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 the interesting point about this whole kind of process is that you develop a different relationship. Yeah. You shift from being a parent-child relationship to an adult-to-adult relationship. And not everybody can do it or do it successfully. My parents never did it. So it, it is interesting. And we're very lucky that, you know, he is, you know, such a nice guy. Um, and, you know, he's a real pleasure to, to have around. So it's actually been okay. Mm. Um, and it's nice, it's been nice to have, you know, somebody else to bounce ideas off and, and stuff like that. So, uh, but it is interesting. And, you know, I, I, I do know for a fact that the last thing in the world that he wanted to do at 29 yeah, was to, you know, go back and live with mm. his parents. Mm. But, you know, as we said at the time, um, you know, these are not normal times um, no. and you just have to kind of get through them. But um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting kind of transition to a different sort of relationship, and that's not something that anybody ever teaches you. You know, you never. It's it's kind of you don't get taught how to be a parent, and then you don't get taught how to be an older parent. It's it's a very very strange thing to have to figure out. Uh, the whole of life's like that, mate. It's like you know, it, it just <laughs> I, I still have this moment seared into my brain of walking out of the hospital after <laughs> Jane was born and having this little baby person in my arms and going, they've just let me walk out. <laughs> right? <laughs> I haven't had to sign anything or, you know, or mm-hmm. prove that I'm capable of keeping this person alive, you know, and, and it just carries on from there. Doesn't it really of like one event after another of going, I'm totally unqualified for this. Why are they letting me do this? I have to pass an exam to drive a vehicle, but to keep another human being alive, that's fine. <laughs> I could just get on with it. You know, it's weird. Yeah. So yeah, nobody teaches you how to be a conference host and MC. You just have to do it. <laughs> what? Where's the relationship between that? Is that just another example? Yeah, that- just one of the things you do. Right. Oh, I see. I mean, no, you didn't learn it at school, did you? No, you didn't. You didn't do exams in 
in conferencing. But it is weird. I tell you what's been quite interesting for me, and I was trying to explain this to Jane because she was she, going off to university. She's, she feels like she's asking a lot of dumb questions, right? You know, I should know how to do this. I should know how to do that. And I'm going, of course you don't. You've never done these things before, right? And so, of course, I'm going to explain it. And once you reach my age... There are very few things in your life that you come across that you have never done before, right? So you're not having to constantly learn in the same way as you have to do when you're there. That said, your child leaving home is an example of that, of of something that you've never done before that suddenly you're dropped into and you're having to make that adjustment where you know, you're not very good at adapting. By the time you're our age, you're so used to dealing with the same old shit time and time again that when something new comes along, it leaves you slightly nonplussed and confused. So it has been an interesting <laughs> transition. But overall, I think I think the two of us are loving it. We're loving kind of, we, like you say, being able to be spontaneous again, John. It's not, it's weird because we could be before. It's not like Jane, we had to watch her every mm. five minutes, but mentally something changes once they're out that you can go, screw it, let's go off, well, in your case, to Glasgow, in our case, to go and see a comedian. And we've just booked a holiday to Dubai for no apparent reason because we thought we can. So let's do it. And, you know, it's, it's all so much more. I think spontaneous it always used to put us put us off like going somewhere for the weekend because you know not only would we have to sort out what we were doing but we would have to leave a big list for the kids yeah to, um this is what you have to do with the dog you have to give her this food at this time yeah. you have to walk her at this time um here's here's some money i suppose you need to eat so here's some money for yeah. that and you'd have to leave so much preparation they would just be exhausted by the time you actually went away for the weekend <laughs> Whereas, like I say, now, you can just think, right, let's go. Yeah. Do it. It's great when, when they're a little bit older. You know this already, Andy. But uh, I've got my son and his girlfriend are coming around in a couple of Saturdays' time um, for dinner, and they'll stay over. And it's just like it'll be a dinner party where we'll yeah. just laugh, uh, and you basically get mates my my daughter is also kind of she would be part of that but she has far too many children so um <laughs> but but with James and Lizzie um we just see them socially now it's yeah. fabulous yeah you know he's off around mm. the world his job he um he works for an engineering company called Tesla not the cars the giant magnets that they put in M- MRI machines uh, so he goes around ser- mm. goes literally to China South Korea all over the place uh, servicing these machines because he's an engineer type um so how do you service a magnet uh don't they just magnetize uh, uh, it's all it's actually quite dangerous because they uh because the inside the magnet it, it's just helium so people have died servicing these magnets so it's a little bit of a worry um uh, if, if you don't do it properly because this has happened in the past then they're a lot more yeah, safety conscious so, than they yeah. once were but they're dangerous as well really properly dangerous things that are kept like super super cold anyone had an mri, MRI no, scan no no experienced never. it oh it's because i've had one and beforehand they prepare you they say no, don't wear anything metallic, you know, nothing with zips or, you know, I had to find a pair of jogging bottoms because I didn't have anything that didn't have metal yeah. in any sort of little little part. So um, in the end, I actually cycled to the MRI scan. So I was in Lycra, didn't have to change. Mm. And I was lying in the machine waiting for this thing to come over. 
And I suddenly remembered, I've still got my ring on. Oh. And I pressed the panic, I pressed the panic button and, um, and spoke to the guy who said, oh, I've got metal on, I've got metal on. And this voice came, ah, it'll be fine, don't worry. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like all this preparation to this MRI scan said, metal's bad, remove all metals. Um, and as, as the scan happened, I could feel the ring vibrating. Ah. Um, and I had that kind of moment of like, oh, is it just going to burn my finger off? Oh. Um, I thought you were going to talk over. about wearing your bicycle clips. I thought that's definitely bicycle clips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a lovely image. But yeah, no, and then you get the big craft work style, like, you know, German industrial music. Uh, played at you. It's very interesting in MRI scan. I have no idea what you're talking about. They do what? It goes clank, clank, clank. It's clank, noisy. Clank. It yeah, it goes. It's 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 a real. I, I won't try and do it, but it's a real noise, right. and it's clanks and and it is very kind of you know like an avant-garde you know electronic music. Um, but then afterwards, you get to see the cross section of your brain. You get to see you know like an animated GIF basically of going through oh. your head. It's it's great. Yeah. Ooh, mine would be empty, obviously. <laughs> There'd be like literally nothing in there. I, I've got to say, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about the next stage of life. Um, to just spending time with Kath and just, you know, uh, rediscovering our relationship, going traveling, you know, re- designing a lifestyle in the business that I can just enjoy working together, doing stuff. It's I'm I'm, I'm champing at the bit. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, we're already starting to do more and go out more and, and it's wonderful. It's really, really good. Mm. Getting rid of your kids is good. That's all I'm saying. I'm not there yet, but I know to a degree it's, it's right. You don't want, I don't, you know, obviously Andy, Mm. your situation is just one of those things. Yeah. Generally speaking, you know, they should be wanting to get, wanting to go and you should be letting them go. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I miss Jane because she's funny and she makes me laugh and, and I have a good time with her and she's a friend. Um, but I'm, I'm talking to her, you know, most days. I spoke to her just before we came on here. So I'm mm. still having that, that relationship. It's just changed a little bit. You know, I'm kind of fine with that, really. I mean, I didn't speak to her a huge amount when she was at home because she was always <laughs> on the computer or doing, you know, hanging out with friends or whatever else. So it's not like it's changed a huge amount. She's just a further drive away. I'm, the, the biggest, the biggest thing I'm struggling with is the enormous financial burden of, of supporting her in university. That's flipping crippling. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, I have a visual image of a tap that's been left on. You know, and it's just this is sort of constant pouring of of the, of money yeah. sort of escaping, and yeah. I mean, you, I, I, it, there is a. I mean, I joke about it, and I make a flippant comment there, but I mean, you think I went to university, and I got paid to do it. I got mm. a, I got a grant because my parents didn't earn a lot of money, and I came out of university. I did do a year's placement, which put, put a bit of money behind me, but. Basically, I came out of university debt-free. And not only is my child going to be saddled with a, you know, a substantial debt coming out, but also, to be quite honest, if I hadn't been able to financially support her, and even if she'd got the full maintenance grant, that's 
not a lot to live not grant sorry loan <laughs> that still would have been pretty tough it's pretty tough these days to go to university without having parental support absolutely that's why i i say to kids um i certainly said it to my two that you know don't go just because it's a thing to do no uh, i agree go go if there's a you know if there's something at the end of it um you know if there's a reason to go uh because sadly i mean Back in the old days in the seventies, you could go to university and just have a great time and learn whatever you it's wanted all to learn. In my case, um, <laughs> but no, I mean James did a physics degree and now he's mm. an engineer, and his yeah. his placement was in at Tesla. Yeah. So you know that all worked out beautifully. But you know, Abigail isn't as academic as he is. So I said, go and get a job. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and I've got to say, and he I, is saddled I, with debt, and she's not. Yeah. Well, well, she kind of is because she's got four kids, but, you know. Well, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a whole other life choice. <laughs> yes, exactly. It just, it just felt so wrong to me. And, you know, I, I'm not entirely against the idea of, of, you know, paying for your education, you know, because Focus why should, mind, why should your, yeah, and why should your daughter basically end up paying tax for your what her brother decided to do, mm. you know, so you could make an argument. I'm not sure I'm convinced by that argument, but you could at least make that. But the idea that if your parents don't have enough financial oomph to be able to support you, you could, you might not actually be able to go. That I think is a, is yeah, is particularly worrying in my, my opinion. And it's a bad state to get into. Well, that's 40 years of the Conservative Party because New, New, yeah, New Labour was the Conservative Party, really, wasn't it? So nothing's changed. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh. Blimey. Whoa. Yeah. Where Blimey, this conversation took a turn. <laughs> we just, there we were, getting all emotional and you know, weepy about our children moving was, on it, and then suddenly, politics. One of the other things about kind of reaching a certain age um, and, ha- and not having your kids around is that um, you can watch your guilty pleasure TV without guilt. And somebody, somebody, um, somebody called called uh, Mrs. Hicks actually let this slip to me the other day that that John particularly enjoys the remake of All Creatures Great and Small, which oh. on one hand really surprises me, and on the other hand really doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what what on earth are you thinking, John? What's wrong? With yeah, that? I don't. It's brilliant. I don't understand Have you seen what's it? wrong with it. All great, all creatures great. Have you watched it? All creatures great and small. Small. The original was superb. So the idea mm-hmm. of remaking it all these years later, because I, in some ways, you go, okay, we well, can't replicate what was there before, but the format was great. I, sus- I haven't watched the new one, but I bet it's brilliant. I suspect very, very strongly that if you go back and watch the original. All creatures great small, which I have to confess I liked a lot when I was whenever it would be 10. unwatchable. I now. reckon it's awful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I bet cringy. It is. Well, do you know what? It's it's first of all, it's really nice to watch something on Channel Five that isn't to do about Nazis. <laughs> well, that's yeah. And um, actually, it's, it's the first thing we've ever watched on Channel Five, I think. But it's it's even though it's on a Thursday night, it just finished as well. So anyway, but it's perfect Sunday night telly. I mean, it's just. I wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure because I'm not guilty about it in the slightest. But it's it's got a good cast. Sam West, a big fan of Samuel West, uh, playing Seafried. And uh, <laughs> the rest of the cast, you won't necessarily 
remember. Some of them are quite new, um, new players. Uh, but the the housekeeper is played by one of the hookies from In Bruges. I don't know if you've seen. I've in never Bruges. watched. I, no. Obviously, we don't watch similar TV, oh, yeah, John. Not, I mean, that's a good. That's a film, but you're definitely worth watching mm-hmm. In Bruges at some point. Uh, but no, it's 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 lovely. It's it's all, you know, it's all very, you know, it's not too. It, there's grittiness in it. There's some, you know, bad things happen, but generally, it's a, uh, it's feel good TV lovely. for sure. I saw Sam West's dad, Timothy West, at Crew Railway Station just this last week. Ooh. Really? Because it's his yes. birthday. You should have said yes. happy birthday. And I really wanted to go up and ask him how Prunella Scales was, but then I just thought that might be a little bit... It's a difficult one, isn't it? She's got um, Alzheimer's, because they they do that uh, canal series where they're both on canal boats. Which I really like. Yeah. See, that's, that's a you know, again, that's a similar kind of... It has feel-good elements, but there's a real sadness to that because she does, you know, she does sometimes forget... Can you guess know who she's what with. my favourite Guilty Pleasure TV is? Go on, give me a guess. Love Island. Yeah, I was going to go Love Island. It's not Love Island. It's Naked Love Attraction. Island. It's none of those things. Antiques mm. Roadshow. It's, it's something from our youth. Ooh. Monkey Magic? Nope. Battle of the Planets? Nope. Battlestar Galactica? Starfleet? Um, no, but I do like Battlestar Galactica, but no, not Battlestar Galactica. All right, we give up. I must think it's a Give us a genre. It's American, and it's a sort of Western. Ooh. Westworld? High Chaparral? No, not High Chaparral. Uh, let me tell you, it's... It's Little House on the Prairie. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> word. <laughs> Talking about feel good... And I, And actually, there is a story attached to this because there's a couple of guilty pleasures here. When I was a a kid and living at home, it was a guilty pleasure because it's not this kind of cool thing that, you know, a teenage boy watches Little House on the Prairie. No. Really, really isn't. But, you know, I used to watch it on a Sunday afternoon and, you know, I would watch it pretty religiously. And then... We got to a point where we were going to go on holiday. I can't remember where we were going to drive down to Cornwall or somewhere. Anyway, we were away for a weekend. And when I came back, Mary, the eldest daughter, had gone blind. (gasps) And I was like, what the hell happened there? It was like a big deal. Um, but I, I didn't know. I couldn't understand why she'd gone blind. I didn't know anything about it whatsoever. You couldn't, you know, look it up on the internet at that point. She'd gone blind. I, anyway, it was finished for me. And then years later, when I went to art school, they started showing Little House on the Prairie on a Sunday morning on Channel 4. And I watched it religiously. From the beginning, every episode I watched all the way through. And then I went home for Mum's birthday one weekend and I came back and the following week, Mary had gone blind again. (laughs) (laughs) And still... To this day, I do not know why Mary has gone well, blind. We, we and I, I know that you could look it up yeah, on the internet, but I don't want to do it. Yeah. No, I don't want to do it. And yeah. I haven't got to the point where, you know, I, maybe you can even get it on a streaming service. That would be, that would be something I would mm. do. But yes, Little House on the Prairie <laughs> is Andy's favourite guilty pleasure. There you go. Well, that's one of Mrs. Hicks's favourites. But I've, I've never been... I never watched it myself. My guilty pleasure would probably be something like the darts uh, over the new year when I'm off. 
watching <laughs> watching the, the the darts on Channel Four or something like that. Right, Jockey yeah. Wilson. Uh, yeah, well, it's not Jockey Wilson anymore, but they are just. Well, are they as fat? They're not, probably not quite as fat, but they have really outrageous hairdos and things nowadays. And there's lots and lots of shouting goes on, and it's fabulous. Do they still have mullets like you used to have? Yes, definitely. I can think what of the, one of them. Yes. What yes. sort of things do they shout though? Oh, it's just like it's like but, peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, watch it. Watch the darts. Um, New Year's uh, over. New Year is yeah. Is that's the, gonna happen. The World Championship. I'm, I'm definitely going to sit and watch the darts this Christmas. Well, anyway, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Based on your my, recommendation, my guilty pleasure. Go on then, Paul. So, I, no, I, I was going to say I don't think I really have a guilty pleasure. Um, I, I'm really boring. I just watch whatever's kind of on and in at the time. You it's know, not, I don't... not Midsummer Murders or anything like that? Oh, that's a good one. I did used to like Midsummer Murders. Uh, we used to have a competition where at the beginning of each episode, we had to guess how many people were going to die. It was usually eight or nine. Yes. Yeah, so it was a good number. You had a good number in it. And so, yeah, I guess that. Yeah. But then again, is that is that a guilty pleasure or is that just good tv i think guilty pleasure is liking something that's a bit crap isn't it that's what it yes that's, i think that's, that's the that's yeah. something that's not cool to be seen to be watching mm. for me actually bizarrely i think my most guilty pleasure the thing that i'm embarrassed that i like which you're going to think is really strange is ted lasso because ted lasso is a is a um, it's fantastic it's a comedy <laughs> and it's on apple tv and the reason i'm embarrassed about it is because it's about football Right. And I, oh, right. I deeply despise football. Um, but Ted Lasso isn't really about football. So I kind of excuse <coughs> it. But it's a really it's worth watching, Marcus. It's very funny. And it's uh, the good thing okay. about that. That's another example of feel good. Right. There's no I, I, I describe Ted Lasso as the antithesis or the opposite of The Walking Dead. Right. <laughs> so in The Walking Dead. Right. You have misery, 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 vague moment of, oh, everything's a little bit better, but only so you can set it up for more misery, 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 right? While Ted Lasso is happy, 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 vague, maybe some kind of conflict might be going to happen, but then only so it can all work out lovely and be wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, Ted That's Lasso. Def- definitely my kind of telly. I want yeah. stuff that makes me laugh. I would say, I would say that season two is slightly less feel good. It's still brilliant. Yeah. But there's slightly yeah, less you get a little elements. bit. It's a little bit more. Mm. Okay, this sounds a little bit more conflict, a little bit more sadness. But no, it is it is superb. It's one of the best things I've watched in the last year. Yeah, okay, it's really Brilliant. good comedy. Yeah. Mm. So all you need to do is buy um, a massively expensive, you know, MacBook Pro in order to uh, pay for your subscription <laughs> to Apple TV. Which brings me on, Andy, to the other thing that we were in your list of things to do is what would you do with ten thousand pounds? I think was mm. was what you asked, and, and I was thinking that'll barely buy you a MacBook Pro these days. I mean, you know, the ten grand—that's nothing, is it? That's chump change. Well, the MacBook Pro that I'm speaking to you now on, um, I've just decided to put up for sale. It's less than a year old, so if anybody out there wants to buy my... Oh, oh, I cannot believe you are using this. For a start, nobody listens to it, so what's the point? I don't realise that. (laughs) No, I do do want to buy the new MacBook Pro because I'm working more and more and more on my laptop 
um, and not plugging it into a big screen. So having the 14-inch better screen would be of, of benefit. Sorry, but, why um, are you telling – this? that was your argument that you have to give to Sue – you it don't is, need yes. to convince us you could buy it. <laughs> it is exactly. But no, the whole the whole the whole ten thousand pounds thing. Um, actually, there's a question that comes before that. If you were to find, I don't know how you find it. Let's let's imagine that you sit down at a park bench and you find that there's a carrier bag next to you. There's nobody else around. Um, you can't see anybody else anywhere around. There's a carrier bag sitting next to you by the bench next to the bin. And inside that carrier bag, when you look inside it, hoping to find, you know, a Tesco BLT or something that somebody's left behind, you realize there's £10,000 in cash in that bag. What do you do? Do you keep it? Or not? No, you take it to the police station, you, you criminal evil person. Yeah. Because <laughs> anything else would be being a knob. Yeah. No, you see, I know, Honestly. I know. No, because what do you think the policemen are going to do when they, when they get hold of they it? They hold gonna... it. They hold no. it for X amount of time, and then you get it back, don't you? No, no. You think that? Honestly, you're so naive. <laughs> you think it ends up in the evidence room alongside all of that, uh, those great big piles of cocaine? No! It goes out I the do. back door. It goes out the back door. Oh, bollocks, it does, you cynical mm. old man. So you would keep it, would you? You randomly would... find 10 grand on a park <laughs> bench and you keep it. I would Andy, keep it. Andy, I'm... What <sighs> is that? What, have you seen the film? Oh, I can't remember what it was called, where, where they steal a lot more than... Te- find a lot more yes, than 10 I grand. Yes, I Oh, yeah, what it was, was that? The, uh, uh, what's it? Re- really great actor was... That, the, he that ends up went horrible. He went up. He can be ends up in the loft, and they end, and the two crims come back and beat beat up the, yeah, the rest. Yeah, it doesn't go well. He it does not end both. well. No, yeah, yeah, basically, Andy, don't do it. Don't do give, it. Give, give it well, I've, I've asked this question before on Twitter, and um, sorry to any any kind of you know listeners who follow me on Twitter, but you know the responses that I got were just rubbish because I said, you know, what would you do, and what would you spend ten thousand pounds on? Yeah. Um, and everybody was like, oh, well, I'd give it to charity. Or, oh, bollocks know, for that. I'd give it yeah. to this or I'd do it that. Or I'd, you know, and I, I'd make sure that, you know, I'd, make, I'd give it to my local food bank or whatever it might be. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah. God, you're boring. Come on. You must be yeah. able to think of something, something <laughs> that you could just blow well, 10,000 pounds of extra money on. Jeez, come I on. Could, I could blow 10,000 pounds just by sneezing. You know, I, that's, that's chump change. You know, that's a nice holiday. That's what I'm thinking. Hawaii. That's probably yeah, not. It's probably just, not enough, actually, is it for a Hawaiian? No, probably holiday. not. Uh, I mean, my, Caribbean. It's, it's not enough for quite a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. it's a. It's not a great amount of money. Caribbean you know, you could get yourself a nice computer, go on holiday somewhere. You know, but that's about it, really. You and your computer on holiday. In your deck chair you with get, a MacBook Pro next to you. Yeah, so. you could get a very high class escort. I spent for ten grand, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you suspect I suspect <laughs> I wouldn't know I have heard <laughs> so it's been through reported the, through the Fin the Village newsletter there's been a tell I've been thinking about you sneezing 10 grand Paul thinking you have been round the back of that police station haven't you <laughs> <laughs> fantastic yeah. so go on Andy what would you do yeah, with the 10,000 that's not, that's not boring I, I would buy an IWC big pilot watch 
I would buy a watch with my 10,000 quid. That would be what oh, I would buy dull. if I had 10,000 pounds. I didn't need to worry about, you know, it coming from anywhere else. That would be what I would mm. do. I'd buy a watch. I've never understood the whole kind of like luxury watch thing. No. No, neither have I. You, you do, you know, the whole thing of... Yeah, but I, yeah, I, don't, I don't want a collection. I've got one that I'm happy with. Right. It's right here. But look, could it is? You haven't even got it on your wrist. <laughs> I tend to only wear watches when I sort of go out or go to the yeah. office. But mm. As a jewellery yeah, thing. Yes. thing. Yeah, I mean, this is not a time... Mm. Well, it is a timepiece. It's a very nice one. Fancy Cartier, <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> Um, but this is this ooh. this is something that I keep trying to explain to Sue. It's like it's not like you're spending ten thousand pound and then it's gone because you've bought a watch. You're investing in the watch. You've no. still got the watch. No. So twenty no. years down the line, no, you know when I'm a when I'm a well slightly fatter than I am now, um, I could sell that for gastric bypass surgery or whatever it was that I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to have at the it's time. It's good to plan for your future. <laughs> it is, isn't so what it? you're exactly. saying? So, so if I understand you correctly, you're going to take <laughs> that ten grand and ultimately spend it on gastric bypass surgery. That is your that's your idea of how you want to spend your ten grand on surgery. I Just like pies. buy or a watch. Yeah, I like pies too much. Fair enough. That's Fair enough. that is by the way. You can buy ten thousand pounds with a pie. the best name for a musical group, the Gastric Band. Oh, I like pies. <laughs> it's quite good as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, should we wrap this up? I think we should. I think we've been going on plenty long mm. enough. It's been a really gassy one, hasn't it? It has been a gassy one, but we haven't done it for a while. So, we kind of, you know, we're out of we're out of practice. Yeah, we haven't had a chance to catch up. Professional. I know that our listeners don't expect this to be something like you would listen to on the BBC. So, yes. Well, thank you for thank you for joining us. Indeed. And should we actually try and do this again in about a month's time? We'll yes, we shall. We shall try to be a lot more um, regular. With, maybe uh, maybe with what podcast. we should do is have... what? what no, we'll do one before Christmas and we'll have a little christmas episode. Oh, I like the idea of doing a Christmas one. And that'll yes, do. And then we can, we can drink and eat mince pies and stuff like, like that. that. That's let's do that. Can all get fucked on eggnog. <laughs> 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 that sounds great. <laughs> Thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. We will see you next time. God willing. Bye.